Welcome to the Get Offset Podcast. My name is Andrew. And I'm Emily. And we are a podcast that tries to offset gear culture. Offset the status quo of gear culture. That's what it says. Um, Not on my business card, probably, but mm. in a couple places. It might say that on the website. It, it probably does. I don't know. Yeah, but people still just mostly tag us in um, guitar, offset guitars pictures, which is funny. We do get tagged in a lot, which I honestly have zero complaints about because I get a lot of eye candy in the Yeah, they're pretty. They're pretty nice. It nice. is. It's really nice. It's nice that people are thinking of us. I I saw. Oh yeah, I saw one the other day. It was a uh, build with I forget who it was, but the wood was black oh, limba yeah. or black Karina is the, and the figure on that was just chef's kiss. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So good. Oh, it's nice. But um, today we have a kind of a special episode planned. We do. Yeah. Instead of us picking a topic, we reached out to our super secret uh, patron, Patreon Patreon uh, group chat and asked them to submit some topics and we're going to talk about those. That sounds like a plan. And I'm I'm very excited. I'll be I'll be bringing some very honest, unfiltered hot takes this episode. Really? Which really means I'm gonna I'm gonna hear a question. I'm gonna think about it for a second. But I'll, I, I I am choosing right now in this moment to be a little more unfiltered than I tend to yeah, be. Yeah, because last I week I tend to be a little extra reserved. And I yeah. think last week you were like, I'm not going to be political. Last week I, I'm like, I'm going to be political. Politics is life. Life politics. I got really angry last week. Well, I'm glad you have faith in our political system. Uh, I don't. That's why I'm political. That makes one of us. So that's what. <laughs> wow okay no i don't have any faith in the political system but that's why i'm voting the way that i'm voting because if i don't have faith in that then then i just why do we live i'm why you gotta try on that note that's how strong I, I will do i i am i am choosing right now in this moment it's gonna be like spicier takes the normal for me and granted that's like a little bit spicier than mayonnaise, but still, like, Ooh, have you on. ever put like hot sauce in mayonnaise? Uh, yeah, who doesn't? Yeah, today I, uh, cowards. Um, so I, uh, I have, uh, so I, I do some freelance work with a company called Secret Aardvark Hot Sauce because I love their, love their product. If you can get your hands on some Secret Aardvark Hot Sauce, try it. For a while, they had a, a, a spicy mayo uh that because of kind of issues with the co-packer they start they 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 they're they are not currently making that but i still have a bottle in my fridge and i use it for one thing i use it uh when i'm grilling a sandwich in the griddle instead of putting butter or olive oil on the bread i put the spicy mayo and it because it gets that better that better crunch to it and then it has that just nice little kick because i'm not the person who likes to slather mayonnaise on things um, but that is like, it, I'm not, either. I like it on French fries. I'll slather it on French fries, but, uh, on like a, I made, um, a grilled ham, a turkey and cheese sandwich on sourdough for lunch and I used the spicy mayo and it was, this is this, this week's episode is brought to you by chef's kiss. I can't wait to hear how that sounds on a mic. Chef's kiss, better way to go. Is that pet boys? Uh, I think that's the Pet Boys jingle. I don't think it is. Oh, I know. Car Toys. Car Toys. It's a Car Toys jingle. Is that that place on Aurora? I have no idea where the locations are. I just hear the uh, 
I hear the ads on the radio and it's sound based on what I've heard. It sounds like really cheap aftermarket additions to your car that you can like DIY. So that way the dealership doesn't charge you like however much for a rear camera. I think I drive by them when I go from the Costco. All I know is the jingle's really irritating because it does get stuck in my head. Yeah, well, then it's a good jingle. And I just subconsciously thought in my head, what jingle could I parody? And without even thinking of what the company was, I just jumped into that one. So that's it's it's kind of a problem. I really should seek help. Yeah, just listen to something else. Listen to some Kesha or something. Get it out of there. Oh, my God. You know, it's funny. It's my, my coworker is singing Africa this morning, like coming into I'm like, ah, it's stuck in my head. And he's like, what are you going to do about it? He's like, listen, song? listen to Kesha. No, no, no. Uh, Africa by Toto. Uh, oh, that song. Oh, it's a terrible and song. It's like immediately stuck in my head. Um, or uh, should I say Can we just Afri- stop ironically? Sorry, in 2020, can we stop ironically liking songs? Okay, yeah, but Weezer did such a great job with that song. In real talk, though, I do really. This is why I'm drink. This is why I'm drinking a gin and tonic. I really do dig mid mid two thousands Kesha, and I did turn around and I listened to TikTok and bumped it really loud, and it was a good time. Kesha, like I like, I've, I've liked everything she's put out. I haven't had time to listen to the new record, but I really love Rainbows. Her last record. I listened to bits and pieces of it. It got that song Woman on it. That song Woman is a bop. Oh, I'm a mother. Nah, I can't sing that. Probably shouldn't, but I. That was a single I, uh, FWU for trying. That's okay. the radio queen. All right, bad baby. Oh, no, no. Not, now you've baby. gone too far. No. No, I, I'm not even. What are you drinking? Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you two questions this week under the guys that you then turned around and said and asked them to me also because you didn't do that one week and it made me kind of sad. Uh, what are you drinking this week? I am drinking <laughs> a vanilla stout from Ecliptic Brewing. This is specifically a dry Irish style stout with vanilla, so it's kind of just like a vanilla milkshakey Guinness. And honestly, this is quite nice I was about to say that sounds like dessert sounds like dessert it's not overly sweet but yeah i mean it's absolutely a vanilla guinness it's kind of like a it reminds me of like the one time i tried a, a guinness float which actually works phenomenally well yeah i would believe that would work really well those flavors just perfect so this is uh just straight out of the can this is pretty pretty stinking delightful Oh, nice. It's not overly sweet. It's got the really nice dry finish. Uh, it's not overly carbonated, which I tend to like out of my darker beers. Uh, and it's got that nice roasty lingering flavor. That's going to stick around for a while. Vanilla just like tames yeah. it just a little bit. And it's, yeah. Yeah. But not to get Not to get too far in the weeds. What's question number two? Well, you're supposed to ask me what I'm drinking. That was the one stipulation. <laughs> what are you drinking? I'm drinking a gin and tonic with the last of that very floral gin I um, bought last time I was in Portland. And which which gin was that? You know what? You I don't even know it, what you're drinking. I will put it in the show notes. Hold on. Let me. 
Portland, Oregon. Hey, Andrew, page. ask me what I'm drinking. Oh, wait, I don't know what in the world I'm drinking. Whoops. Come on. You're really mean. You're killing me, Smalls. Don't be so f***ing mean to me. <laughs> Jesus. That was really hard. I just, I just went ask you what was new in your episode, <laughs> and you did it. It's free lyrics. Uh, and you didn't ask me what was new with me, and I had things to talk about. I didn't get to talk about them. I, in all fairness, did say I was committing to being a little bit more unfiltered this episode. So you knew it it had to happen at some point. It's the um, Freeland Spirits Geneva Gin. I just forgot which of their gins it was, but it's a pink bottle and it is uh, herby, uh, floral, sprucey. It's really, it's quite nice. It's really nice. Unlike you. You're really mean. So like uh, herby, uh, fully loaded. So yesterday, speaking of really mean, and I felt like awful, <laughs> I was just so confused. Last night, I went to um, the guitar store on Aurora. Just It's called the guitar store, friends. Um, and I walked, because I wanted to trade in some pedals that I, you know, was tired of trying to sell on Reverb uh, for either an Enzo or an SY1. And uh, I walk in the door, mm-hmm. and there's one man talking to another man. And the guy sees me, and he, sh- and he just says, like, Oh, you know, and there, there she is. And I share comments on all your videos. And I couldn't really understand what he was saying. I thought that he was joking that I thought he was like ribbing me because I thought he was in the middle of a conversation. You know, sometimes like someone will be having a conversation with someone else and you kind of walk up and they tr- like kind of rib you or try to pull you into the conversation that was happening. And you're just really confused. Speak of the devil. There's that person I didn't want to see. Yeah, today. Like, I thought he was like screwing with me, like in a in kind of a friendly way. And it was, and then I'm like, what? And I was like, I thought that he was saying that I comment on. You punched I him. The guitar store on, no. Did you punch I him? I followed the guitar store on Facebook and sometimes I do comment on their things. And I thought that he was like making it like recognize me from commenting on their stuff or like, I have no idea what I thought this guy was talking about. And then I realized he, he was like, Oh, I comment on your videos. He watches get the get offset videos. And I felt like such an asshole later when I connected. I'm like, Oh, Oh man, I should have like, I wish I, that cause uh, we're not famous people. You and I, so being recognized is like weird and new but it, it literally I don't know several of the voices inside my head know my name I would say that's pretty famous and I just feel like every time I've been recognized it has been at the guitar store that is the place that is the one place where I get recognized more than any other place maybe I should go shopping there more often maybe you should because people like those people who go there they they know and they love pedals because the guitar store has like the best selection of pedals in Seattle or if not the Pacific Northwest. They do have a really phenomenal. Oh, it's amazing. You know, that's actually where I played. I think that's where I played the Enzo for the first time. Yeah, it's probably because it's one of the places that has it. Um, yeah, and that's where I saw um, Nick Reinhardt and uh, Juan when they were in town. For, yep, for, their, yep. for their demo thing. Uh, and they were just so sweet. And yeah, uh, so that was, yeah, that I, that was a digression. So my question for you is what's new with you? What's new with me? I, uh, let's see here. I've told you about the base. I finally, we had a little bit of sunshine over the weekend and I got my Jennings out to get a couple of photos. Very excited with how those turned out. Beautiful Uh, photos. It photographs really well. I am 
it, it honestly is almost difficult to photograph because of how I cannot express how vibrant the shade of orange is. And I'm not sure my camera knows what to do with it. It's actually kind of fun. Um, so I've got that going and I've got, so I, when I had the cremas original, the Lambertones cremas originally, I had them in an Ibanez, uh, like double cut with a maple top style guitar. And I pulled it out of the, those pickups out of that guitar for this build. Cause I thought they would go really well with this guitar. And I dropped a set of Seymour Duncan hot rodded humbuckers in it. And I was like, well, that means I'll have two. They're very different voice sets of humbuckers, but that means I'll have two um, HH layout guitars. And so what am I going to do with that? Do I want them to both be standard tuning or what? And I, I decided that I'm going to throw heavy strings on it. I'm going to tune it to drop C. And I'm going to probably relearn some of my bands, my old band songs, and start playing a little bit heavier stuff on that guitar. Nice. So I uh, excited for that. I just bought a nut file set off of Amazon for like ten bucks. So we'll see how terrible that ends up being. Hoping it's like just passable enough for me to widen the slots on this nut for the wide strings. And then, oh, what strings did I get? I have, I have, have Andrew. I have that exact kit. I'm positive. I have that exact uh, for a filing kit because I also bought on Amazon because. Um, I need to file a new fret for uh, a new nut for my Alamo uh, Fiesta, and but I'm sure I have the exact same kit. I got the Ernie Ball Not Even Slinky set because that's what they had at the shop when I went the other day. I figured for five bucks, I can at least slot it for some heavier strings and go from there. Mm -hmm. Maybe order some specialty heavy, heavier strings from online. Cool. So nice. excited for that project. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe someone that we know in Nashville can make you can hook us up. I need to send that person some coffee. Scott from string joy. Yeah. I'm gonna, oh, I I'm would gonna not right hate now. a couple sets of heavy strings from Scott. Oh, yeah. unrelated. I was, uh, I'm planning out pedal board on uh, using an Ikea cutting board. And I had a bunch of SB 400 ends, uh, cable connectors that I was going to use for this project that I've had. I bought a while ago. Uh, and I had them in a bag somewhere. Last time I saw them was before I moved to this new place. And I, for the life of me, can only find two of them. And I had like 12. And I'm super bummed because the tightness of this board build won't work with just standard pancakes. I really need the, the SB400s. And I'm super upset with myself because I'm like, ah, I don't want to go have to spend like another like 100 bucks or whatever for another round of connectors. Mm, I get that. If I already have, I've got them somewhere, but I don't think it's with my music equipment because I just went through every single box that I have, including I've got like a, all my pedal boxes are in like a dedicated, like giant Tupperware, not Tupperware, like Rubbermaid bin out in the garage, went through every single one of those boxes. Well, I cannot find it. I don't know where I put them and it's killing me. So at this point in time, that particular board build is on halt, which is a little sad. Uh, but I'll uh, I'll probably give it another week before I cave in and try and find some scratch to to order some more connectors. I'm sure we have friends who can help us find you some more connectors. I know a few people. 
Yeah, maybe. I hope I see some of these people uh, tomorrow. Ooh. Yeah, uh, so you'll everyone's listening to this next week, but um, on uh, the day before Valentine's Day, my band is playing a free in-store at Sonic Boom Records. It's a free in-store paired with... Uh, we, so, so initially, like we thought that we would be releasing our album on Valentine's Day, so we set up this in-store months ago, um, and then ultimately we didn't like the record contract that we were asked to sign because it was, you know, various reasons. <clears throat> it was vague, and we didn't feel like the label had faith in us, and that's when you shouldn't sign a record contract. I've learned from, I've watched enough behind the music and also studied music business, so I was like, I don't think we should do this, friends. Um I've just watched enough episodes of American Idol to know that that's also a bad record deal. Yeah. So that's, you know, I, I would say yeah, I'm pretty so, savvy um, on these things. We had the date, but we weren't releasing a record. So we asked Mike, who runs and owns Sonic Boom, how about we do something Valentine's Day themed instead? So we decided we're called Sunday Crush. Let's do something called Sundating. So we decided to uh, run a pansexual speed dating uh, so if you don't know what pansexual is, it means you're just attracted to a person regardless of gender. Uh, we, we And this is funny that we picked pan uh, dating because we knew we would need fewer signups. That was part of it. We, we didn't want to need as many signups. Uh, but we didn't come with the uh, realization that with normal, like, heterosexual speed dating, you have the men, you have the women, and then they just kind of, like, rotate in a very linear fashion with pansexual speed dating everyone is supposed to be with everybody so if you have a five rounds you have six people so in one of the rounds uh our participant number one dates participant number two in the next round participant number one dates three and one four one five one six so everybody has to meet everybody so you do need fewer people but then you have to actually make sure that you're organizing it it's like a round robin tournament in like, I, I don't think it's actually like a round robin tournament, but it reminds me of that where everyone kind of has to play everybody. Um, so that is. That sounds like the uh, logistical yeah. equivalent of Twister. Right. Uh, maybe not. Um, and then uh, afterwards, we're doing a uh, an actual just a free in store. And I think Albie and maybe Sean Crawford, both from Sinusoid, are talking about maybe coming coming down for that. So that would be a lot of fun. I hope I hope to see them. Dope, yeah. dope. So, uh, yeah. So that is the first of the three shows. I'm also playing a show on Valentine's Day at Connor Byrne, and I'm playing on Saturday in Portland. So I'm a little busy. <laughs> Just a little bit. I'm about to be sort of the opposite. We've got some friends visiting from out of town, so I'll uh, be taking some time off the day job and uh, disappearing to the middle of nowhere to do some hiking and some fun stuff. Nice. So I'll have a, a short break from, from real life. It'll be good. That will be good. Yes. Um, yeah. So I also, so? I bought, um, I bought an SY one. I didn't get the Enzo cause I didn't have one. I was really sad cause I was really set on an Enzo, but the SY one is my boss, right. so super duper intuitive and just sounds really good. I'm like, I got it. Like he handed it to me. I'm like, well, I really wanted to try an Enzo and I'm plugging it in. I'm like trying to dial it in. And then once I kind of figure out, I'm like, I really like this. I know exactly how I'm going to use this with someday crush. That's good. I, I, uh... 
Man, part of me wants to reevaluate my little baseboard I've got going right now, but I'm gonna I'm gonna hold on to the synth pedals I've got right now for my, my board and uh, go from there. But the SY1 and the Enzo both sound mm-hmm. super phenomenal, and I I'm kind of just hitting one of those like full on gas moments of I just want everything and I want to hook up every single synth pedal available on a board and be like, cool, that's my baseboard. Not necessary, yeah, but that would be insane. And I would like to hear no, that. No, you wouldn't. It would be terrible. I'd just turn them all on at once. I mean, I think, but that's, we should do a video of you doing How many synth pedals do you have? Uh, so I really only have one like true synth synth pedal. That's the data corruptors, the PLL synth, but I also have the DOD Meatbox reissue, which is a sub synth, right. which can get some pretty crazy sounds. And combined, I've also got a rat on the board. So if I do like the the Meatbox and a rat into each other, I mean that's that's ooey gooey, nasty ripping synth sound on bass. Ooey gooey. Gotta say, ooey gooey ripping bass. I think ooey. that's. That's going to have to be the title of my next EP. Oh, I am not naming the episode that. That's disgusting. <laughs> I mean, it would get Ryan Burke to ask, does it drip? Ew. Oh, just a visualization. <laughs> I... No, it doesn't need a visualization. Just just don't, don't, don't. If you're listening to this, do not visualize a dripping, ooey gooey, ripping synth. I mean, just... Get that picture out of your head. Listen to Kesha. It will get it out of your head. Not visualize the drip. I'm sorry. That was, that was, but does it drip? That was a reference to Runaway Bride. Visualize. Drip, drop. Oh my drip, God. Drip, bitty, drop. I'm sorry. That show, I liked Empire for a long time. <laughs> and now I don't like Empire. <laughs> like, I, I just, it got, it got to be too, it wasn't ever uh, nope. it was like i love that's the that like modern take on a soap opera kind of thing but like it was it was it gets to the point where like as a right, musician right. you're like i just am really upset by how it, like i just i'm sorry you can't record that song in prison <laughs> it just it's it's like the tv show nashville was the same way in a lot of but i liked nashville um, i watched it till the end because i'm bad at quitting shows but like I'm like you don't walk out of Fido coffee shop and then get coffee from someone selling it at a street cart. That's not how see that's not how Nashville works. What is wrong with you? You not get pissed at your girlfriend in the gulch and walk to East Nashville. You don't do that. Nobody does that. You'll you'll get killed. Ugh. Yeah. It's good. I Yeah. Well yeah. I don't entirely I don't blame know. you for I don't. I don't entirely blame you for uh, not liking Empire so much, but I mean, I, yeah. don't don't beat yourself up over it. The song catchy. I liked a lot of the songs. Sorry, that was a that was a Jesse joke. Couldn't what, help it. What did, uh, don't beat yourself up. Forward. Oh, that was good. I'm gonna be honest. That was good. That's pretty good. That's that's definitely one of those headlines. Where like, come on, that's got to be satire. That didn't act. It oh, happened. oh my! That actually that really. I know. No, that was, that come was, on. That was yeah. That was that was bad. Uh, let's we digress. Uh, let's thank our sponsors. 
Are we ready for that? Sponsors. Get ready to rumble with our sponsors. Jesus Christ, that was just clipping. That's all that was. I'm going to just edit in. I'm just going to edit in <laughs> for the for what you just said. I'm going to go in. I'm looking at the waveform and I can just see the ceiling of where that just yeah, clipped. Like it just it's a flat ceiling scrolling across my screen as we record I this. Like it. Uh Today's episode is sponsored by Boss, which is something that I do like. Yep. Um, I have uh, for a while had the MD200 um, by Boss, and it's taken me a minute to do a demo for it uh, because there's it's just so much. There's something like 11 different um, uh, modulation settings. You have chorus, your standard probably a CE2-style chorus, a CE1-style chorus. You have a flanger. You have um, a phaser. You have um, a vintage phaser that you can have add distortion to it. You have a classic vibe. You have vibrato. You have um, a tremolo, and that is like a standard uh, volume drop tremolo, and then a panning tremolo. So you have like a P, PN2 and a TR, whichever number that is, in one thing. Then you have a rotary. You have an auto wah. You have a slicer, and you have overtones. And it's only like $300 and you get all of that. Those are all effects you never use together. And you can have up to four presets in the box, more if you use MIDI, and then technically five if you uh, have it set to like the the manual settings. Oh gosh, it's such a cool pedal. It took me, I I released a, um, a demo of it on, I'll be releasing it on Valentine's Day. So uh, it, it's out there. It's 43 minutes long, but it has timestamps. I, could, I couldn't get around making it 40, like that long. I would have had to have just not gone through everything. In the words of Andy Samberg, like a boss. Yes. So boss makes great pedals. I, they sponsor the show and I'm still paying for their stuff because I like them that much. Reasonable reasonable they there's a reason that they are basically in my mind they've always been the gold standard of of pedal companies i would completely agree yeah cool are we gonna jump into topics we should probably jump into the topics all right right, so why don't we do this you yeah you read the topic and it's time for me to unleash full unfiltered mayhem all right uh, this- and this is definitely going to be where I overpromise and underdeliver. But for the moment, suspend your disbelief and imagine that I'm about to deliver full unfiltered mayhem. Cool. Right, cool. So Joe Braga wants to talk about boundaries with bandmates. For the example she gave was your bandmate, your bandmate messaging you all day while you're at work. Yep. Uh, so what's your take on that? Uh, leave them on read. Leave, leave them on read. And when they get upset. Uh, that's completely on them for getting upset. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. You're at work. You should not have to defend yourself. You should not have to explain that. I mean, your day job is your day job. I mean, I, even if you're making money with your side gig, which kudos if you are, like mad props, even with that in mind, like you got to have your priorities in life. And if uh, you're, if your day job is what's raking in the dough and helping you pay rent, at some point you got to say, look, this is not the time to reach out to me. You can reach me from 
this mm-hmm. time to this time. And if they and if they but and if they stop, then they're great, no problem. But if they keep going, like mute them, just mute them, and tell them, tell them, like here's the thing, like you can't, you can't stop, do, you can't keep doing this. Um, I can't jeopardize my livelihood. Um, and and you know what, and I know it's your bandmate. Your bandmates, like if your bandmates aren't your like also kind of your friends, like that sucks. I feel I'm sorry. Um, that really does suck. But they have to they have to have respect for you and what you do. And and that's and if Agreed. they if they're not gonna respect you in your personal life, what makes you think they're gonna respect you in the band setting also? So that's something you also have to think about because that is it's all like these are all our relationships. I mean, I don't know. I've been in bands where we are texting each other all day constantly, and I love that. I've I've been in bands where I hated it, and I quit those bands honestly because I didn't jive with the people, or um, there were some boundary issues. Uh, I haven't ha- I actually haven't had like a major boundary issue situation, um, but there have been if it's like a personality difference or uh, I I think I almost think that the worst things ever happened to me in a band situation, other than not getting paid uh, was such a difference in um, rehearsal. What's the word? Like just buckling down and doing it. Like I love hanging out. I really love hanging out, but we're at rehearsal to rehearse in my time. Wait, wait, wait. I got, I got to do delay. Let let me check it out real quick. Hold on. Hold on. Yes. You're clipping really badly look at that sorry you gotta back up on the mic buddy (laughs) yeah yeah i'll back up (laughs) no that was that was that was more like let's just talk instead of playing for 20 minutes or if one person like if i'm working trying to like figure out a a harmony with the singer he would be like the bassist would just turn around to start banging on the piano that was next to him like whoa you need to calm down you need to you need to shut wow, up. The, 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 this question and response has definitely evolved. I know. Quite well, a bit. she well, it wasn't. She started with boundaries, but she's also generally talked about like uh, the dynamics. So, in the end, like, don't feel like you have to like. It, you don't feel like you have to like stay in a band with people who are driving you nuts because if they're driving you nuts, like when you're not around them, then imagine getting in a van and going on tour with them. Will you want to murder them? Might you murder them? Maybe you shouldn't be in that band. Or maybe you shouldn't be in a band with that person. The answer is probably yes to one of those two questions. Which one is up for debate? Yeah. But I mean, I feel... I'll leave that to the imagination and to the coroner. I feel really so. lucky with Sunday Crush. I love all those all those individuals. Uh, we, we really do enjoy the travel gigs because we just enjoy each other's company and hanging out. But also like if I, I'm an ambivert. So sometimes I'll be out and like when I hang out, sometimes I'm a stone cold introvert. And if I need to go like decompress in the van between like, like before we go on, then they are fine with that. They get it that it's, it's you know we have personalities and i think that there's this mutual respect we have for each other and part of that is bound as you know boundaries and i'm the kind of person that's like i will um assume people want more boundaries than they necessarily do even in my friendships like i don't pry on friends 
romantic lives and I don't really want to pry in anybody's life. And I'll say, tell people like, Hey, if you want to share more with me, or if you want, like, if you feel comfortable with that, that's great. I don't want you to take my fear of seeing like a busybody, uh, make it seem like I don't care about your life. Cause I do. Um, so that's kind of a tangent, but that's me tangents. Uh, All right. Next question. Um, this is from Noah. And he had, okay, so firstly, thank you, Noah. Noah actually took all the questions that people had asked in the group chat and then put them in, like, made a list of them so we didn't have to keep scrolling. But this was Noah's question, I remember. They did, and I am total, I totally screenshotted that and Noah. reading through it. Um, dealing with surprise gig situations slash people, uh, I think he basically said, like, at what point in things, like, going wrong or unexpected at um, a gig that you showed up to, would you leave? Or how would you deal with that? Ooh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Okay. So completely unfiltered. Uh, I Part of me wants to say you don't need that kind of ne- negativity in your life. And just like if it starts becoming an issue, just bounce. Flip side of that, being a diva, also not well looked on. And it's I, I think there's definitely a dynamic of that you have to factor in how things look are almost as important as how things actually are. And you don't want it, especially in like a, a smaller community, you don't want to wreck your reputation. So I think I would lean towards the direction of being able to put up with a lot more junk than uh, yeah. I would want to. But as far as where that line is, uh... I know exactly where that line is. Can I tell you where I think that line is? Uh, sure. Is it where it's no longer worth the money? I think that line is um, when you don't feel safe at a gig, leave. And oh, like, well, I think yeah. that like, yeah, no, but that's that. I'm serious. I think that's where the line is. I really think that like, if you, if you go to the show and the sound system is terrible, if they're telling you you have to DI and not have monitors, if they're telling you, uh, yeah, we know we told you we had four microphones. We only have one. You're all going to have to share. I If they're telling you you're supposed to go on first, but now you're going to go on last, if we're running two hours late, like I think in all of these, okay. So if they're running late and you have to like catch a plane, then yeah, like tell them you have to bounce and explain it. But, but because, because it's like what you said about reputation is that it doesn't matter if everything went haywire. If, if the only person who's getting the word out about what happened is like that venue and they're bad mouthing you to everybody because like, oh, they were such divas. You're not going to get gigs. Play the gig. Do your best. If you sound like crap, then it's the venue's fault. And you can explain to people that. And the only people who are ever going to know that we're in the room and they know what's and they know exactly what's happening. You and like, I just think don't call out bad sound during the show unless it's unless it's like constant feeding back, unless it's really, really abhorrent. Um, but if somebody is like being aggressive to you, if some, if somebody in the crew is threatening you, if somebody in the crew, if you're a woman and somebody in the crew is being an absolute, like absolute creep, if you feel like, like there's too many people there and it's a fire hazard, like if you feel like there's a safety issue, get the hell out, don't play the show, but everything else, I, I hate it. I hate it. I hate that. This is part of it, but like, you got to play that show. I mean, 
I mean, unless you, even if you're like getting paid a pittance, like you have to, I really, I firmly believe that for the sake of like getting in front of potential bad reputation stuff, you should probably play the show. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I definitely hear that. I think the, the, as I was listening to you speak, the, the question that comes to mind or not question, the consideration that jumps to mind is there's a lot of unspoken and unacknowledged expectations in terms of what people want to get out of the gig, why they're there. And I think you've really got to ask yourself, why am I here? And for a lot of people, it's to build the, build your reputation, build your name, make some new fans, so on and so forth. And so if, even if it's uncomfortable uh, because of uh, any technical issues, backing out of it, if that's going to end up being anti or uh, against an unpro- ugh, unproductive for what your goal actually is. I, I think that's when you guys say, you know what, I got to stick true to remind myself why I'm here, why I'm doing this. And then you got, and I think in, for a lot of yeah. situations why people are out gigging, then that math adds up pretty quickly to this sucks, but th- I got to keep doing this because this is why I'm here. Yeah. I also think that if, if, if you get a gig and it's something that's very against your personal values, then yeah, you can leave. If like if you showed up to you're you're a Christian, right? I am. If you showed up to if you showed up to, to my satanic bar for a gig, I would be like, if you wanna not play that gig, it's cool. If I showed up to a, a gig that was and I realized the venue just had like all these posters objectifying women, this racist stuff and this Nazi stuff, I'd be like, I'm leaving right now. Or you can do the super punk thing and get on stage and then talk mad junk. Do I want to die? Because I'm (laughs) people who are going to die. You might not have a chance to carry your amp out of the venue, but you know. Yeah. Uh, That's true. I would. I don't want to die. So that that's my take on it. Is like truly for the most part. I've played shows where we didn't have a monitor and I had a DI and even though I'd called beforehand to like make sure it would work, it didn't work. And it was the worst show I've ever played in my life. And uh, it was because I couldn't hear myself. It was because I got flustered because I couldn't hear myself. It was because everybody got flustered because they couldn't hear me. And it was also everybody got flustered because at one point I got turned off. (laughs) It was an accident. I know it was an accident. I I just got it's just like someone bumped the thing on the the mixing board and I I was not there anymore. It was really a, not a great situation. While we are on the topic, I think it's very safe to say that in no circumstance being a dick to the sound guy is ever going to help your cause. Oh no. No 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 no. No 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 no. My default even if I know that the sound guy's being a prick is to like, don't piss off the sound guy. Don't be mean to him. There's other stuff going on. Chances are they're just really stressed and waiting for the next smoke break. Yeah. I mean, cut him a break, but chewing him out or oh, I saw this video of, uh, oh, who it was a uh, Ronnie Radke, uh, metalcore guy and front man for this band. And he was upset with the sound guys. He walked over to the, to the flown PAs. And just started smashing his mic on them. He's like all upset, throwing a hissy fit. Like, no, what are you doing? That is not helping anything right now. It's like, why isn't it working? Like smacking his mic on it. It's like, I don't hear anything. Like, because they just muted you to prevent colossal feedback. It's, uh. Yeah, I think the first thing you do when you show up for a gig is you should find the sound person. You should introduce yourself to them. You should remember their name. And uh, you should say, what do you need from me? 
What do you have any questions? If you have anything weird about your rig, tell them right there. Hey, my guitar, uh, it's a DI situation. So I just need a, an XLR output and uh, everything right. else is up to you, friend. I mean, just general etiquette rules apply yeah. 100%. Yeah. All right. So what's our Before, next question? I, hit, me, I, hit me. I'm on a roll. Before, I want to remind everyone that all these uh, questions were presented by people who support us on Patreon. So if you want the chance to contribute to our episodes in the future, uh, go to patreon.com slash get offset. Um, donate between one, five, ten for $25 a month. I will write you a song. No one has taken me up on that. I write lovely music. That's your loss. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so for it just it will add you to the super secret group chat we have on facebook it's uh some of my favorite people it's a fun chat and uh you can have a lot more input into what happens on this this year podcast oh absolutely you got direct access to us potentially when we're at work yes uh, <laughs> i'm a, i'm always at work i'm a freelancer uh so the next question is um finding background gigs like open house stuff i think i told you all i uh everyone on the podcast definitely everyone in the group chat that i've played at an open house and made bank at it uh, it was my highest pick paying gig of my career i'm 30 years old i've been playing since i was eight <laughs> um and how to get those so what do you want to contribute to this andrew my contribution to this is going to be fairly minimal given my lack of experience, but going off of kind of an intuitive read on the situation, the reality is uh, you've got to be able to promote outside standard venues to get those non-standard gigs. So just going through local promoters and local scene will get you a lot more of those standard gigs and maybe a couple off the beaten path, but especially like unconventional and high paying gigs, no one's going to be sharing those out, especially if it's for like a single performer. You got to, reach out and I'm not going to say shamelessly promote to every corner of whatever community you're a part of, but it definitely does not hurt to, to, to do so to a degree, maybe push the envelope a little bit with who you're promoting to think outside of the box. Think, is there anybody outside of the conventional local venues who could use live performer and kind of run with that? Do you want to know how I got that gig? Yes. Through a booking agent. What? I had someone serving as essentially a booking agent. Um, there's a community in Facebook called uh, Women in Music. Uh, it's technically national, international, but it's very focused in Seattle right now. Um, just because that's where the people who started it are. And the woman who runs it is trying to widen the scope of people who want uh, to book musicians and to try to, or finding any booking opportunities and trying to get women in these roles because so much of music really is about networking. I don't know if your shotgun approach would work just because like, especially for open house things um, because that's very weird and rare. Um, essentially what I was doing was a cocktail party gig. Uh, so that is actually quite a traditional thing of playing. I, it's like playing a, a wedding. It, you, I think that what would help is if this is really what you want to do, if you really want to play specifically like cocktail music, um, you need to invest in a website that has good SEO. So if somebody types in like uh, jazz guitar cocktail party Seattle, then maybe you pop up as somebody who's available. 
Um, the American Federation of Musicians, the Musicians Union, has local chapters. People are always asking them about gigs. Um, and they who gets the first crack at these gigs? Union members. So if that's something that you want to do, if you want music to be your career, and if you're not afraid to play like a bookshop or an open house or anything else, because these are the places where reaching out to somebody who needs a musician once a year at most is not going to get you gigs. Working with the people who um, are kind of the conduits, the proxies for that, that's how you get those gigs. You get them because somebody needs a musician once a year. I don't know how to find musicians. I Google, how do I find musicians? How do I book musicians in Seattle? Look to see who who is ranking well for that. Because again, this is where people are going. People are this. I think about how people research things these days. See who's ranking well for that. If it's your local musicians union, reach out to them. If it's something else, you know, that, that's, that's what you have to do. It's really very, and then from there it becomes relationship driven. Um, so that's not going to help you get, I just don't think that a shotgun approach of like reaching out to all these different people would necessarily work. Like, especially for like an open house thing, like there's th probably thousands of realtors in Seattle and probably a dozen of them would ever think to afford uh, or pay for a musicians in their uh, open houses. I just don't think that'd be the best use of the time. I think that the better use of the time is uh, connecting with the people who do book these shows. And uh, if you're at a cocktail party, you see someone playing, ask them like, Hey, how did you get this gig? If they say, oh, it was through my website. Oh, it was through, um, if it's a wedding like thing, like it was through that website, The Knot, that has a list of wedding vendors. Uh, you have to put yourself out there in ways that people can, can find you when they're looking. Because that's the difference between push and pull marketing. What you were talking about is push marketing, where you push it out there. You push it out there. Pool marketing is like, putting yourself in places that people will look for you. Well, if I, uh, if I was capable of doing so, I would be eating my shirt right now and happily. So that would be a little <laughs> weird, but for the, I'm just saying, I disagree with the tactic. I just, I don't think, I think that it would be a lot. I, of I, I don't, I don't think that's a, I don't think you're, you're terribly wrong. So, all right, hit me with another question. I need a chance to redeem myself here. Um, need to pick my peel myself off the floor. The next one is bruised egos from other bandmates when you play more than one inch. Like basically dealing with egos and in bands. Interesting. Well, uh, I think this was Jim. Given that I'm always the best member of a band. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, we know. I would say. First of all, number one rule is uh, don't trash talk people with bruised egos behind their backs. If someone's like kind of being passive aggressive about it or whatever, and they leave the room and be like, wow, like what the heck did he, did you hear what he said to me? Like that? It's not the best form. It's not going to do anything to help prepare that. Uh, 
That, so I'd say that's number one. Number two, ultimately, can, can bruised egos, that? not your responsibility. Can we talk about that number one, though? Because I have, I think that it might all right, be. Hit me. My, all right. No, no my, like, so, so <laughs> I've, I've done cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, I'm not, I, I feel like maybe you have too. I don't know. But, you know, part of what they talk about is, you know, if someone is, says something to you or doesn't say something to you, like your perception of something that someone else says is maybe not rooted in fact or like how they actually thought or how they meant to be. So like giving people uh, in the Christian phrases, a little bit of grace or just a pass and maybe be like, well, maybe they don't hate me. Maybe it's not personal. Uh, maybe it's not even about me. Maybe they're having a bad day. Uh I mean, that doesn't necessarily go to trash talking, but I do think it can be beneficial to, like, if someone is really acting out in a band in a way that you think is real and serious, I kind of think you should bring that up with your other band members, if not to say, like, hey, I, I, do, I don't know if this is just me and my own insecurities, but were you getting this vibe, I think is a totally fair thing to ask other bandmates. Right. That is different than trash talking, though. Right. Trash talking is a very different. Dynamic. I think instead of trash talking, you should just see if like someone else can validate the experience that you think that you had. Yeah, that's definitely an option you take with it. I do think uh, one of the once you kind of get a firm grip on what's going on, I think definitely going to that person directly and privately be like, hey, did I do something to piss you off? Like what, what's going on here? I, I, I don't know what I did to upset you, but I'm getting so, some strong upset vibes. Help me out here, buddy. Like what, what what's going yeah. on? Am I missing something? Yeah. Is there something going on with you personally? And just extend the, extend the friendship, the olive branch, the benefit of the doubt. And in my experience with that kind of conflict, 90, 85, 90% of the time, it really is that they were upset about something else. They took it out on you. And it just kind of is yeah. what it is. And you, walk away from that conversation with a much better understanding. And then after that, if they, if they lash out, they don't respond to that well. And that doesn't continue to go well at that point, I would start going to the larger community be like, Hey guys, this is going on. I've already tried to speak with them directly. Anything we can do here. Should we have like a, a sit down band meeting? Be like, yo dude, like, come on. Like we're, we're, what do we need to do here? And just as, as a greater part of the community that at a certain point when it just hits that full level of toxicity and nothing that the, the group as a whole is doing is able to do a whole lot right. to change that at some point you guys say, Hey, look, we've been trying. It's time for yeah. you to go. That's kind of my basic ground rules. Full disclosure. I do base that out of my personal faith beliefs, because there is a passion um, passage in scripture, uh, Matthew chapter 18, that does talk about conflict resolution. And that is a model that I tend to hold in my personal life, regardless of whether or not it's tied to scripture. I do think that that particular layout seems to work really, really well. And I've, I, I tend to really like how that plays out because of the way that that model offers really sincere benefit of the doubt and the ability to keep it give it a chance to sort out on the down low and then with a follow-up of a community involvement where everybody's involved uh where there's it in further grace and benefit of the doubt extended uh and then a final resolution where you're not tied down to this toxicity for forever if that's really what it's going to be and if you're not interested in faith-based resolutions i recommend a little book called crucial confrontations it's a it's it's the whole full title is a crucial confrontations tools for resolving broken promises violated expectations and bad behavior um i have used this book and the, the 
the things within it. Uh, in my personal life since college, I, I minored in leadership in college. <clears throat> yeah, it's a really uh, secular kind of version of that in a lot of ways. Right, right. Well, I mean, I, I definitely see how it applies. I think if you're looking for a really simplified and kind of straightforward, hard to mess up model, uh, there's this really great model called um, Live, Laugh, Love. And Oh, Jesus. What? You're kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm completely kidding. I was about to kick you off the podcast. <laughs> Eat it. No. Uh, so crucial confrontations is like three parts. Uh, part one is uh, work on me first. Part two is confront with safety. And part three is move to action. The, it also has the seven, something called the seven yeah buts, which, is, which I just think is funny. The seven yeah buts. <laughs> Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, but yeah, no, yeah, but with one T or two T's, this is an important detail. Just one T. I prefer two T's. My yeah, buts. Reasonable, diplomatic, even. All right, do we have a final question for um, this episode? Not one that I particularly want to dig into because I just—it's such a long thing that varies so much. It's 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 something that I think Joe has asked us a bunch. No, no, that, 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 no, no worries. I, I'm feeling a little, uh, yeah. my filter starting to engage. I think it's, I think unfiltered time with Andrew is, is settling out and I'm ready to go be uh, yeah. a responsible so member Joe, of society. Once we'll again, we'll talk about songwriting some other time. We'll maybe bring somebody on specifically to talk about songwriting processes. Yeah. That sounds, sounds that like sounds better. Cause I don't know about you, but like my songwriting process has changed. Uh, so much from being a largely solo folky thing to Agreed. kind of an ambient thing to um, like writing with a band, which I, I think is kind of what she wants to talk about. But uh, I don't know We're I think we're going to do some writing tonight. So that might be something I go into it thinking about. Well, until we have that episode, just in the meantime, default to uh, assuming that you're better than everybody else. And I, uh, acting really upset when that turns out not to be true. I think that's, that's the best way forward. Oh yeah. You were going to talk about how other people's egos aren't your problem, but I think I kind of pulled us away from that a little bit. And they're not like yeah. other people's, other people's problems aren't necessarily problems, but you know, maybe if, it, if it's somebody you want to be in a band with, I got 99 problems, but my bandmates ego isn't one. You're not in a band, Andrew. With that said, <laughs> <laughs> With that said, I, I, I am most definitively my turn to be mean. My turn to be mean, <laughs> right at the end. I am unfiltered, sorry. Andrew. I'm. I'm. I have lost my filter. I stopped giving so long ago. <laughs> I'm Emily. Thanks for listening. Thanks for understanding. Bye. Goodbye. One, two, yeah. What's up, Michelle?